2: All right, we are back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be uh, having Dr. Piper on with us here in just a moment. Russ is reaching out to him now. Uh, Dr. Everett Piper, who is uh, from uh, a university over in Oklahoma. I think it's in Oklahoma City, if I'm not mistaken. Let me take a quick look here. I've got his. Yeah, I thought it was Oklahoma. It was Yes. And that's what I'm hearing is correct. So. Uh, He is going to join us here in just a moment, and we're going to talk about this problem that's going on uh, with uh, political correctness. Uh, I don't have time to play it, and it would take up a whole hour. Uh, But Friday from 3.30 to 4.30, I'm going to do a segment with Robert Steinbach, and we're going to play a, a recording that we have of a teacher at a university that is meeting with other university professors and they are questioning why she is teaching what she is teaching because it does not toe the line with the administration and what they want what they want taught and she, they this is listening to that 42 minutes is like listening to a condensed version of 1984 is it not to you, Elizabeth? It's it's very reminiscent and it's very spooky, very very spooky. She actually had the temerity to teach a fair class and show both the conservative and the liberal side of an, of a topic. Yeah, and then was and attacked, attacked by I this. Mean, I mean, left her in tears. Whoo. I mean, we'll be playing some of it on Friday between 3.30 and four thirty. Robert Steinbach, who's a legal, uh, you know, professor over at Bowen School of Law, sent it to him. I got, got, let me bring up the doc. Dr. Everett Piper has joined us now. Doctor, listen to what my my lawyer uh, friend says about after he hears this piece. And uh, he sent me back a text on it. He normally is on every Monday with me and we talk about freedom of speech. And he just sent it to me and he goes, oh my God. Have me on sooner, please. This is just outrageous. And I said, How about Friday? We I got some time there. He says, Done. I said, Well then book it. So he said, Done again. So he's looking forward <laughs> to can't it later. It's in this is it's just incredible. This would make your your blood run cold, Doc. I'm just telling you, this would make I know how you are. I've met you at CPAC. We've we've talked Eye to eye, and I know what you believe. This would blow your mind. Did you have you have you have you heard about this piece of audio? Oh,
3: absolutely! And thanks for having me on. And sure, this it, 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 I challenge one thing you just said. It doesn't really blow my mind because this is my world. This is what I live with. This is the That's monster true. we've created in the academy. This is why I wrote my book, not a daycare. I'm confronting this nonsense because these millennials, these students, actually think that their college should coddle them and comfort them rather than confront them. Anytime there's a contrary idea, anytime they're made to feel uncomfortable, their reaction is to protest it and shut down the debate. And the irony is here that they were calling her a fascist. They're calling Dr. Summers a fascist. Well, what these students are doing is the textbook example of ideological fascism. It's not academic freedom. It's not intellectual freedom. Uh, A a fascist was a Roman bundle of sticks bound together (laughs) so tightly that it couldn't be broken. You had to be part of the bundle of the common bond. And that's what we see on these campuses right now. If you don't think like we think, if you don't believe like we believe, we will crush you. You must be part of us or we will crush you. This is fascism, pure and simple. It's not freedom. And she is absolutely right to call these students out on it. And the irony here is Summers is much more liberal quote-unquote, and progressive than I would ever think to be. She's a feminist. She's pro-gay marriage. I would disagree with her on much of her agenda, but she'd have more academic freedom on my conservative Christian college campus than she would have at Lewis and Clark, because at least I would show her courtesy and respect for the debate. I wouldn't shout her down, nor would my
2: students. Well, I'm wondering if you're following the story that's going on in Arkansas right now about the University of Arkansas— trying to get rid of uh, tenure for stu- uh, for uh, teachers if they're not showing collegiality, if they're not being, working with the group. And Robert has been fighting against this, and we've raised enough of a stink right now that we've got it kind of stymied right now. The governor has gotten involved in it. He doesn't like what he's seeing. But it comes down to, you know who the first people go if it's all about collegiality? It's going to be the conservatives that go.
3: Absolutely. It's the conservative voice that's unpopular. It's the conservative voice that makes people feel uncomfortable today because it's the conservative who believes in a time-tested truth outside of these PC assumptions. We believe there's an answer. Conservatives believe there's an answer. We don't boil it all down to power and politics. We actually believe there's an eternal principle out there that should come to play when we have a debate. We know that you can't play a game without a referee, if you will. We know that there's a truth, a measuring rod outside of those things being measured, or you can do no measuring. So when I say something like that, am I going to lose my tenure? When I say something like that, will I be protested on the campus in which I'm employed or the one that I've been invited to speak to? The answer seems obvious. We don't like your ideas, so in an Orwellian fashion, we're going to shut you down and we're going to claim that we're shutting you down because we're tolerant. All the while we shout, we can't tolerate your intolerance or we hate you hateful people, or we're sure that nothing is sure. This worldview is self-refuting at every turn. These people are sawing off the branch upon which they sit and they don't know it.
2: Yeah, it's scary. Mm -hmm. It really, it really, but it's 1984 brave new world. It's all of those books that I had to read when I was a younger person and uh, we read them and it, they were warning us, Animal Farm, all of it. They were warning us what was coming down the pike if we didn't wake up. And you know what really makes me mad? I was part of the free speech movement when I was in college, and now I watch the students want to throw the First Amendment completely away.
3: That's because power has replaced principles. Whenever you, And here's another thing. Whenever you teach victimization, Whenever you teach victimization, you're going to have a predictable response, and it's going to be vengeance and violence and vice. Unless virtue is the goal of the academy, unless veritas truth is your objective goal of the academy, if you dumb it down to victimization, then I will demand my pound of flesh, and so will you. And then it digresses. The academy digresses to vengeance and vice because they were taught victimization. And that's the interesting thing, because Christina Hoff Summers actually distinguishes her brand of feminism as equity feminism, as opposed to the traditional progressive feminism, which is what? Vengeance feminism. Mm -hmm. In other words, she is standing in direct opposition to this victimization and this vengeance that's predictable when you get rid of the eternal principles of equality and equity.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting what we are seeing. This whole Me Too movement bothers me seriously. because uh they said <laughs> USA today was complaining <clears throat> about the Oscars uh the other night because Gary Oldman was allowed to win an Oscar for Darkest Hours because sometime in the past his ex-wife uh said that he beat her it never went to court she never filed charges but he was guilty on a woman's word. And I look at it and due process is out the window now. I think you would agree with me on that.
3: Oklahoma Wesleyan University, my conservative Christian university, and I as its president, were the only ones in the nation. We stood alone. No one else joined us in a lawsuit against the Department of Education and the Office of Civil Rights under the Obama administration, which told us we had to change the rules for adjudicating and investigating sexual harassment charges on our campus. They told us we had to violate due process and convene kangaroo kangaroo courts on our campus of faculty, staff, and students to investigate these cases. We said no, we will not violate the constitutional rights of our student, and we won't drag a woman through uh, a process of being violated a second time in front of a court of her peers. We're going to take it to the police and let professionals take care of this like we have for the last hundred years. And just two weeks ago, we won. Two weeks ago, Oklahoma Wesleyan prevailed, and the DOE rescinded its dear colleague letter and said,
2: You're right. That's Dr. P- Fantastic. I, I've got my power panel here. RG is here. Uh, he wants to ask you a question, Doctor. Hey, Doctor. Popper, thank you yep. for being on the show today. Hey, talking to school teachers and public schools and all the federal money that's coming into the States with the no child left behind and the race to the top. uh, I believe we're seeing some of the same things in our high schools and our local public schools that you're talking about in the colleges to where it's about the money and getting the funding and with the testing and what's in these tests being controlled by the federal government. Also, I believe some of the freedom of our teachers are being taken away in our public schools much the same way they are in our colleges, with the focus mainly being on how many grants they get at the end of the year.
1: Are you hearing about any of that in Oklahoma?
2: Oh, absolutely. It's not just Oklahoma
3: or your state. It's all across the nation, and it's called Common Core. I stood vehemently against Common Core and spoke out and wrote against it and and traveled the state uh, in debates against it. And why? I don't have anybody at Oklahoma Wesleyan University telling my math teachers how to teach 2 plus 2 is 4. And you know why? Because I know that if I hire somebody who actually starts teaching that it's 5, there's a way to solve the problem. I fire them and go get somebody else who knows how to teach. I don't don't need to have you or somebody in San Francisco or somebody in Washington, D.C. telling my faculty how to teach. And we've got faculty that are ranked in the top top, as the top faculty in the nation here. And we're recognized as one of the best universities in U.S. News and World Report. And the government isn't telling me how to do any of this. I just hire good faculty. Common Core dumbs down education to what's common and what's average, and it ignores what's exceptional. We should be teaching virtue. We should be teaching veritas. We should be teaching what's exceptional. We shouldn't be teaching what's average. We shouldn't be teaching how to, how kids, kids, how to go get a a career we should be teaching them how to develop more character and we shouldn't be teaching them just how to earn more money we should actually be teaching them how to develop more morality and if we forget that that's the goal of the academy and let the government dumb everything down to this average common standard our students are all the they're the losers our students are going to be the losers because they're going to be acting out like these college kids i'll take a breath here the reason these college kids (laughs) are behaving like spoiled brats they've been taught to behave like spoiled brats by their junior highs and their high schools so it's it's as predictable as the sunrise they're going to behave that way when they get to college
2: dr everett piper is our guest we're happy to have him on again with us we try to have him on about once every five or six months because it's nice to have the winds of reason blow through the studio from time to time doctor if you'll hold on with us We'll be with you in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break, come back, talk to you some more. Uh, don't forget about Lewis Family Beef. They got their ranch right out here in Greenbrier, and their cattle are born there, raised there. They don't use any antibiotics on their cattle. If they do, uh, they got something wrong with them, and they have to use antibiotics. They were not put into the food chain uh, and sold to you uh, you know, for, for meat, nor do they fill them up with hormones hormones are produced naturally by the, uh, the cow. They don't need extra hormones. Uh, typically that's done just like, uh, steroids are used with a person to build muscle. Uh, it's clean beef for your family and it's got free delivery anywhere here in central Arkansas. They'll sell you a quarter of a cow, a half of a cow or a whole cow. I suggest you get together maybe with members of your family, split the cost and, uh, get that beef at a really reduced price and fill up your freezers. Uh, They take the cow to the packing house. They're going to call you, set up how you want that cow to be cut up. All you PETA people out there, people who love tasty animals, you're going to love the way that the packing house does this. Uh, They get it all done. They tell the Lewis family beef folks, they deliver it to your home absolutely free. So give Cody or Sarah uh, Lewis Uh, a call 501-514-1494 501-514-1494 or go to their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Lewis family beef. Now I've, I've tasted their hamburger. I've had their steaks. I've had their roasts. And I'll tell you this tastes better than anything you'll get at one of the big box stores. That number again, 501-514-1494. Ninety-four. Our guest is Dr. Everett Piper, president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. He's the author of "Not a Daycare: The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth." You know, Doc, and, I'm, and then I got somebody else has a question for you here. When you when you completely disregard God and you disregard truth, you end up and you you just think everything is matter and chance then you have no way of determining what the truth is, because according to these people, everybody has their own truth. And that, to me, seems the most ignorant thing that anybody can ever say. There's either truth or there's no truth. Am I right or wrong?
3: G.K. Chesterton tells you that you're right. He's told us that when you get rid of the big laws of God, you don't get liberty, but rather thousands and thousands of little laws that rush in to fill the vacuum. So if we ignore God, and get rid of his ten simple laws, and frankly, Jesus narrowed it down to two. So when we say we refuse to live by your ten or your two laws, what happens? We don't get more liberty. We get thousands and thousands, reams upon reams of little laws produced by Washington, D.C., by government, by power, by the pedagogues, by the politicians, those smarter than vows, start dictating how we are to live our lives. When we declare ourselves to be as God, committing the original sin over and over again, we don't get liberty. Power rushes in to fill the vacuum. A vacuum is always filled, and that power is rushing in to control the population because we refuse to acknowledge that God is God and we should live by, live by his simple rules. Therefore, we lose our freedom.
2: Yeah, that's, you know, Dr. Francis Schaeffer always said that it is always going to lead to tyranny, always. that The thought that's- process of the left always leads to tyranny.
3: And when you have anarchy, which is what we have right now, moral anarchy, intellectual anarchy, how do you solve the problem of anarchy? Well, the human solution is a tyrant. The human solution is a tyranny. The only way to solve it differently is to do what our founding fathers did and recognize that there are self-evident truths mm-hmm. endowed to us by a creator, not created by us, but given to us by God. That's the only way to avoid tyranny.
2: All right. I'm going to turn it over to Paul. He's got a question for us. Hey, this is
1: Paul Calvert here. Uh, d- from what you were describing earlier on college campuses, it sounds like a bunch of children who never grew up. And so you're, you're, it sounds like, and I think what we have in this country is we've got generation after generation of people who, who start off in government schools or maybe perhaps a private school in some cases. They go to college, then they become a college professor, and they never actually get into the real world and grow up to be real human beings that are productive. And I think we've had several generations of this now, and I think this is kind of what we're reaping.
3: It is. And again, I hate to keep hocking my book here, but why is my book called Not a Daycare? Because I'm suggesting that's what our universities have become. We're coddling and comforting these kids. We don't want them to feel uncomfortable. God forbid that they feel challenged in their heart, mind, and soul. We're going to give them a participation trophy and make them feel good about themselves rather than confronting them with facts. How many times did your coach tell you, no pain, no gain? How many times did your granddad or your dad tell you, it's time to grow up? and suffer the consequences of your behavior and learn from this. Well, put,
1: on your big, put
2: on your big boy
1: pants. Yeah, when, did we, when did we get away from the idea of, of, of people who actually know what they're doing in life and good, solid business professionals teaching other people to be, other, to, to be good business professionals as opposed to people who go to college and they never actually do anything productive in their lives just to speak of, and then they're going to teach kids how to be productive. How does that work?
3: Well, it's when I can't give you a date, and I don't know that anybody could do that. But I I can say this. When we started buying the cultural lie of it doesn't matter what you believe as long as it works for you. How many times have you heard that? That's (laughs) nonsense. It makes no sense. But we hear it all the time. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as it works for you. Mm -hmm. Then everybody becomes a rule unto themselves. That's right. Everybody has the right to get what they want. And that's an immature, selfish, childish attitude rather than a mature adult attitude that recognizes that there has to be sacrifice, there has to be pain in order to get gain, that a culture should be selfless, not self-centered. We, these are Christian principles, and when we step away from the Judeo-Christian ethic as a standard of how to get along with people— and how to recognize whether or not we're contributing rather than hurting culture, rather than hurting church, rather than hurting our corporation. It's that selfishness and self-absorption that we've been teaching and rewarding for the last several decades. And when you teach self-absorption and when you teach narcissism, you're going
1: to get self-absorbed and narcissistic students. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. You, you immerse kids into this garbage, and guess what? They, they come out as garbage. Yeah. Garbage in,
3: garbage out.
2: Dr. Everett Piper is, again, the president. Of uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan University, author of "Not a Daycare: The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth," and remember, the founding fathers said that the truth was found in the Creator, and what He said was the truth, not what we say is the truth. With that, I gotta ha- give you give you a due today, uh, Professor. Let's have you back on maybe uh, next month. Uh, what do you think? All right. Blessings, guys. Thank, it. Thank you, Doctor you you. Everett Piper. Always, wow. always a great guy to have on. Wow. Such a breath of uh, fresh yeah, air. He really is good. He don't, <laughs> he don't, uh, he don't. Cover he doesn't up mince the, words. The BS. I'll just put it that way. All right, we've got to get to Fox News when we come back. We got more things to talk about. Plus, uh, Congressman Westerman is supposed to join us in the second half hour of next hour, and then we'll have four o'clock. We'll have wide open discussion if you want to get into it. Eight two three. 0965. Final hour today. The Bible guys, you got a question for them? Why don't you email it to me? Bible guys at Salem <laughs>